Welcome to the First Lutheran Church podcast, produced by First Lutheran Church in Janesville, Wisconsin. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America who are seeking to embrace love's adventure together. In this podcast series, we explore some of the contours of that adventure through conversations with friends and members of the community who are on the journey with us. We're glad you joined us. Well, hello out there. This is Renee from First Lutheran Church. And today I have the privilege to sit down with our deacon at First Lutheran. Oh, are you called a deacon or no? Not quite yet. Oh, but are you? Deacon intern. Okay, our deacon intern, Jen Watson, is with us today. Jen, what's your middle name anyway? Claire. Jennifer Claire. Yep. Well, I mean, the whole thing is Jennifer Claire Clark Monk. Watson. Well, where are all those names <laughs> coming from? You just keep adding them or yes, what? Yes, I do because I like all the names. Um, so Claire um, was named after my father, grandfather, and um, just kind of down the line, but it was without an E. Mine is with an E. And then with um, an E, people, you heard it here. <laughs> um, Clark is my mom's side of the family. So it was never really used it's just on my birth certificate but she wanted to make sure that her family name got in there too monk my maiden name i like that i like that you get to trace your family through your name yeah see i didn't i'm, I'm just renee lynn and um i didn't adapt my uh, my mother's maiden name or anything like that and i kind of wish i had oh yeah but i suppose it's not too late Never too, too late. late. There we go. Well, say, hey, speaking of family, uh, Deacon intern Jen Claire Clark Monk Watson. Did I get it? Yeah, you did. I got it. Okay. No, uh, with an E. Yeah. Um, I have a question about family for you. If your children were going to describe you, what would they say? Most recently, I was called a Karen by my middle daughter. <gasps> Karen. I'm a Karen, apparently. Can you explain for some of our <laughs> listeners what a Karen is? <laughs> well, it's not a good thing. Um, so I apologize for any Karens that are listening. Um, apparently, that is somehow got named after a person who doesn't like how things are going, so questions the things. And, um, you know, if they feel like they're wronged, they, like, will go out of their way to make sure that things are made right, I guess. I mean, that's what, I don't know. Well, I really don't know. It's a teenage it thing. It doesn't and sound horrible, but I know what a Karen <laughs> is. And um, I bet you... Did I describe it correctly? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Again, sorry to all you Karens out there, you beautiful people. Yeah, right. You are getting a bad reputation. Just based like on Doubting Thomas, though, and he's pretty famous, so yeah. there you go. You that's got a bad right. name. A bad reputation based on just a few Karens out there. Mm-hmm. So, so... Um, all right. Well, Karen, <laughs> I mean, Jen, uh, let me see. Let's let's not talk about the family. I, we're going to stay away from that today. Well, actually, not really. Do you have a favorite childhood memory? Hmm. That's a good question. I probably have lots of them, actually. I'm very privileged. I had um, a wonderful childhood growing up, so it's hard to narrow it down. Um, I know my family was good about trying to do vacations, even if it wasn't very far away, you know, to spend time together. Um, My mom 
was a teacher for many years. And my dad was for quite a while until he went back to school, which is kind of, I think, stuck in my head as to the fact that you can always go back to school. It doesn't matter your age. And so education, I knew growing up was really, really important. And family time, because my mom always said summers were her favorite, because as a teacher, you know, other than summer school duties, she had time with us and she loved that. So nice. Nice. Well, you mentioned education um, and going back to school at any age. I mean, here you are. You you just graduated. I did. Tell us about that, please. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you how old I was. When I well, you don't need to, to do that, Karen. So, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it's a, a calling I felt for quite a few years. I um, was not doing what I felt I was called to do. I was in education, uh, substitute taught for many years, and then helping with our Christian education program at my home church at Hope Lutheran in Milton, and just felt like something was missing, and I really enjoyed doing all of the work at church and serving the people there. And so I think that's when I started to feel this call, and it was kind of confirmed by a pastor that was there at the time. He said, have you ever considered going to seminary? Oh, scary question. Very scary question. And I was like, um, no. <laughs> but I got to thinking about it more and more. It took a few years of discernment, thinking about what this would look like. And so I just happened to call our bishop at the time. And this was about five or six years ago. And I said, you know, what does this look like? And wh- how would this work in my life? And she said, actually, Wartburg Theological Seminary in Dubuque, Iowa, has a weekend coming up. It's called Consider Your Call. You can go, sign up, it's free. You spend a weekend learning about, you know, not just the school, but what does a call look like and is this for you? And yeah. You're talking about this call. What is that? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So it's just this this feeling that you have. It's um it's hard to explain. Um so for those out there that are listening that have had this, I'm, you know, everyone it's different and probably talk about it differently, but it's just this this feeling and this hearing like God in a way that is suggesting that you need to be in ministry in some way, shape or form. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to describe really, but I just knew when I, when I started thinking through it, I just felt right, I guess, but it took a few years to get there. Our kids were young at the time. My husband was freaked out by the idea of me going back to school, let alone seminary. He thought the work I was doing at church, I didn't need a degree. So why pay all that money to go back to school? And I said, because I'm being called to do it. And he looked at me like I was kind of crazy, but it's hard to describe, like I said. So, All right. Well, okay, so you're here as our deacon intern or intern deacon. what's What's next for you? Do you know? Because I, I want to know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, so I have to do some things through my seminary and through the synod um, to kind of go through the process. And um, I have to do what's called approval next. And that'll happen hopefully in August. And I have to do an interview with my seminary. They have to make sure that I'm doing all the things with internship correctly. And, you know. Are you? I hope so. <laughs> I haven't heard otherwise. I would hope that someone would say something by now. Um, 
And they'll look back at my records and classes. And luckily, the two people I know who will be interviewing me, I had them for professors. And so, you know, they kind of know me as a student already. And then if they approve me, it goes to the um, staff there in a meeting. And they all kind of vote on it. And then it goes to Synod. And then they have to have a meeting. And then they vote on it. And then, you know, there's all these things. And eventually I'll have to put together um, a rostered profile um, on a site so that other churches, organizations, um, areas that are looking for a deacon can go on there. You know, it's similar to a pastor and a first call for a pastor. Sure. Sounds like you really got to want this. You do. (laughs) Not only be called to it, (laughs) but you got to want this to go through all those steps. My gosh. Speaking of approved, I want to tell you, I approve. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I have enjoyed getting to know you this last few months and um, and work with you and and the work you're doing here. You've uh, Jen has done some work with education and um, specifically now is working towards this project called Open Table. Could you share a little bit more with us about Open Table? Yeah, so Open Table is a big reason why I actually um, have the internship here at first. Um, I was looking for a place where I could do my internship. Um, As a deacon, we're required to do a six-month internship rather than a year, like what a pastor um, would be called to do. And I needed to kind of find something and hoped to find something in the area. So I approached Pastor Michael here and I said, you know, have you ever had an intern here at this church? Um, What would it look like for a deacon to do an intern here? And he mentioned the open table. He and Tammy DeGarmo had been talking about this project for a, a year or so. Back that up. Who's Tammy DeGarmo? Sorry. You can't just be throwing names around. <laughs> because all of my readers can, or my listeners can read my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Tammy DeGarmo, she's the director at Project 1649 here in Rock County. And um, she works with youth that are homeless Um, And homeless doesn't necessarily mean, you know, living on the street. I suppose that's an option. Sure. But could be someone who's in a car or in a hotel or what they call couch surfing, which means living with friends, um, bouncing around because they're not with their, their families, their biological families. And so... Project 1649 is huge instrumental in this county for finding safe places for these kiddos and helping support them, whether it's financially or with food or clothing and that kind of thing. So um, Tammy from Project 1649 and Pastor Michael from First here talked about the open table, something Tammy had heard about. And what it is, it's um, actually throughout the United States. It started out east. I don't remember how many years ago, with just one church deciding to accompany a youth. And I believe that uh, youth at the time, they call him a friend, so as not to have that dichotomy of hierarchy. So they're not a youth or a mentee, they're a friend. Five to six people come to the table and work alongside that youth to help them meet their life goals, to become successful in society Um, The adults help with resources, networks, social capital, and, you know, building a relationship basically with this youth um, so that they can become successful, that they feel valued, they feel heard, and they can be successful on their own. 
So you are facilitating this open table here at First Lutheran, or you are preparing us for that, or tell me what your your time is limited with us. So what is your goal with open table uh, before your end of your deacon internship, which is in September? It is. Yeah. Okay. What, what, what do you got uh, planned for us, Jen? So I'm working with a wonderful committee right now, um, aside for a pastor and from Tammy. Um, we have a couple people also working at Project 1649 who are instrumental in the background. And then we have some lovely people. Um, I'm not going to name them because I didn't ask permission to like throw them into this podcast. I want to name them. <laughs> if you name them, that's okay. But I'm not going to name Lori, them. Lori, Kathy. <laughs> Sandy, Jim. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Anyway, um, wonderful group. They've been so just instrumental to this whole um, setup process. So we're kind of considered like the recruitment team. We get together, we plan, we put together events, we get the word out there, we talk to people about what this is. Now, initially, with we're hoping to have at least one table um, of five to six people by the time I leave set up and ready to go. Um, and... It can be anywhere in the community, though. This isn't a faith-based um, open table organization. This is anybody from the community. And we actually have a couple of people interested from um, the community from local churches here. Um, and we've talked to some other people. And I know Tammy's got connections and partnerships she's been talking with as well. But the idea is to hopefully have our people in place so that I can start training them in July. And there is a training process that they have to go through before we invite that friend to come to the table. Okay, so if I'm hearing you right, what we've got is uh, a friend who is <laughs> maybe somebody from 1649, which would be a, a young person who is somehow marginalized or um, at risk. And our other people come around them. What are the other people at the table called we have our friend and we have um table members table members come around them with different expertise and different supports am i hearing you right you are okay you <laughs> are to double check because sometimes my imagination gets in the way of reality <laughs> <laughs> that's fun so, sometimes isn't it oh it's wonderful but it can <laughs> cause trouble yeah so okay. i've seen that so recruiting you are hoping to tell me again what you're hoping by the your training in july Right, right. Okay. So the idea is to have these members, um, we'll have a questionnaire for them to fill out to kind of get to know them better and find out what their strengths are and how they can help at the table. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, of course, background checks. We want to make sure that our friends coming to the table are safe. And then um, the biggest part of this that I love is that it's relational. It's not transactional. And while it's wonderful to be able to give to different organizations, it's it's kind of a one and done. Or even if it's a monthly setup, there's no connection there. And so these tables are really building a relationship with the friend. And the first month or two is literally getting to know the friend and for the friend to get to know the people at the table. Because in order to build that trust and for them to want to work alongside you, you have to have a relationship. And so there's a lot of that kind of thing before any goals are set up, before any work is done. It's just about learning to be together. So that's what I really love about this program. 
that relational aspect. Absolutely. Instead of that transactional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so it sounds like this is about community even. It is. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I have a question. If we had uh, members here or friends listening today who are interested in finding out more or learning more or doing more, what's the step for them? Yeah, so if you are listening and this is of any interest, even if you just want to learn more, um, not a commitment per se, because even if we don't come to the table or, you know, be part of that whole um, process, you can still support in other ways. Um, And so if you want to know more or be a part of this wonderful experience, just call the church here, First Lutheran, 608-752-7434, and you can ask to talk to myself, Jen Watson, or with Pastor Michael, and we'd be happy to give you more information. Excellent. Cool model. Just as I like the New Testament believers sharing things in common, supporting one another, being community. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a great way to be the church and be the community. I just, so that inspires me. So what inspires you? I am inspired um, by seeing changes in people when that aha moment, that light bulb goes off, whatever the case may be, whether it's a, for a social justice issue or just a learning opportunity, especially um, my prior experience with, with Christian education, those little kiddos, just seeing them light up and, and just, you know, making connections. And when they, I had a kiddo, actually, I was subbing, and um, we were teaching the kindergartners the Pledge of Allegiance, and she picked up on, on God in the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, I, I didn't know her very well, and she wasn't part of our church, but obviously part of a Christian community because she said that we were pledging our lives to God. Oh. And I thought, okay. I said, this is awesome. I said, you did hear God in there. And then you have to work kind of around because it's a school and how this is really to our country, but that God, you know, was in there. You know, it's a hard, hard workaround when you're in working in the Christian field and also in the public sphere too, to kind of keep that separate at the same time, acknowledging that the child's beliefs are super valid too. Sure. Absolutely. So and listening, just listening for those things. Very good. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, speak, we're going to wrap up pretty quick here because we're almost out of time, but I, is there a question that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you today or something that you just need to tell us? Well, I guess if I had to say something. If you I, had to say something. Which I always do have to say <laughs> something. Um, it would be that in this very short time, I think it's been about three months that I've interned here, First Lutheran has really become such a valid and important part of this experience in my life. And I have just loved every moment of getting to know the people that I'm working alongside and the people that I see, you know, on Sundays or during the week. They've just been so welcoming and so affirming. And I just have never felt more at home in a church outside of hope than I do here. So this has been a wonderful experience. So thank you to everyone who's been part of this journey with me. Hey, what a kind thing to say. Way to go, First Lutheran. Yay. Yeah. So, uh, yes, excellent. Uh, excellent. Thank you for those kind words. And we love having you here. But as we leave, I just have a question for you to ponder as we go. Um, you don't have to answer it because I don't, I mean, I don't want to hurt his feelings. But who do you like better, Eric or Renee? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I 
am just not touching that one. <laughs> well, thank you, Jennifer, Claire, uh, Clark, Monk, Watson, for joining us today. And thank you for being out there, friends. We'll catch you real soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. First Lutheran Church is learning to become genuinely inclusive, thoroughly engaged, externally focused, and relationally centered as we seek to live intentionally like Christ in the world. Embrace the adventure with us. You can find out more about us on our website at flcj.org. We welcome your questions and comments, which can be shared through our contact page. We're also active on Facebook and Instagram.